Hey, I'm Scotty, host of Hit Subscribe. On this episode, we're chatting with Mike Altman, Director of Lifestyle and CRM at Who Gives a Crap, the 100% bamboo premium toilet paper company. We chat with Mike about the origins of Who Gives a Crap, with their roots in giving back to the global community, backed up by consistently donating 50% of all profits. We also dive into how Who Gives a Crap navigated the rush on toilet paper during the early days of the pandemic, as well as how they raise awareness about the almost 2 million trees that are cut down to make traditional toilet paper every day. There's a lot to get to, so let's get started. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about Who Gives a Crap? Yes. Well, um, I work for Who Gives a Crap. Um, my name is Mike Altman, and I am the Director of Lifecycle Marketing and CRM. And Who Gives a Crap is... Um, a amazing company. Um, I think I have to kind of start at kind of a founding story um, to kind of share a little bit about what we do. Um, so, well, actually, first, Who Gives a Crap is a B Corp. Um, we um, sell plastic-free and sustainable products made with sustainable materials um, and deliver to 40 countries. So with carbon neutral shipping, we sell toilet paper, um, as in the name, <laughs> for towels, tissues, and a Swedish dishcloth called the Dream Cloth. And um, yeah, we think that um, we, we make a, a really awesome product that we think is better than the one that you get at the grocery store. Um, and I think the way the path there is super interesting. The business started in 2012. Um, so we have three co-founders, Simon Griffiths, Danny Alexander, and Jehan Ratatunga. And it was started on the precipice that they learned that billions of people on the earth don't have access to a toilet, and which is wild. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it's something that we don't think about every day. And um, maybe, maybe more over the past couple of years in terms of us washing our hands more and being more, um, noticing kind of our habits uh, in terms of hygiene and sanitation. Um, but they wanted to do something about it. So, um, they decided to start a toilet paper company. And to do that, um, Simon sat on a toilet in our first warehouse um, and refused not to move for, I think over 40, 50 hours, 50 hours um, until they had crowdfunds $50,000 for the first <laughs> run of the product. And um, they delivered the first product in March, 2013. Um, and we've been growing ever since. Um, so we have um, two types of toilet paper, 100% recycled. Um, based toilet paper and a bamboo-based toilet paper, uh, which we call our premium product. And um, we think they're both better options for the environment. And um, yeah, the other thing that's really you know, critical towards our model and our mission is that we, um, since the beginning of our company, we donate 50% of our profits to clean water and sanitation nonprofits. Um, so 50% is a lot. 50 is a lot. 50 yeah. is a lot. And because you know, we've grown a ton, um, you know, since 2012, we've donated over 10 million Australian dollars to those nonprofits. And um, I don't have that translation to uh, Canadian dollars, but in US dollars, it's around 7.1 million. Um, and so growing. And so, you know, we work with um, local partners um, and that work with local communities to uh, improve access to toilets, water, and sanitation solutions. Um, so the idea around um, you can make better choices that are more environmentally friendly for the planet while also doing good for the world. That's, that's who gives a crap. 
I appreciate even the the Canadian currency shout out from Tony and like me. So appreciate that a lot. No worries. Uh, I loved that as the origin of who gives a crap, but I'd love to talk about for you as well, what drew you to who gives a crap. Specifically, I remember you mentioning when you saw it in your inbox, you you had a strange reaction. You're like, what, what is this? Yeah. I, I would be very open to say that I, I, you know, my background, I'm, I'm not a traditional marketer. I think that's a, a really common for a lot of marketers yeah. to say. Uh, come from a background in public health. Um, that's what I studied in university. And um, but I've always loved um, engaging with people and online movements and not no pun intended. Um, like, but really um, thinking about how people can take actions um, with others, either strangers or people they know, to make changes in the world. So my background, actually, I. Um, I've been in the water and sanitation business for a little bit in a different capacity. I started on the nonprofit side. So I um, started my career with an amazing nonprofit. Um, I'm in New York City. I'm um, based here and uh, uh, called Charity Water. And Charity Water, um, you know, there I worked to help facilitate an online fundraising movement of people um, campaigning, donating their birthdays, uh, donating weddings to you know, wedding gifts, you know, subscribing to um, raise money for clean water projects around the world. And um, I was a person that was helping, you know, facilitate those um, campaigns, but then also tie that value back to the impact that people were making um, through that, through communicating, um, sharing stories about the changes that happen when people get access to clean water um, mm -hmm. for the first time, sometimes for the first time in their, their whole life or in a generation. So, um, that was a, an amazing experience, a, a fantastic organization. Um, and then I kind of cut some of my e-commerce shops. Uh, I was really curious in e-commerce uh, here in New York. I think there's an amazing um, e-commerce community as well as just a marketing community in New York. And I moved into Casper um, selling uh, sleep, uh, <laughs> focused on the idea of selling sleep, um, selling a better night's sleep. And I think bo in both of those experiences, Obviously, you in with donating to clean water, not necessarily a tangible thing, but also like kind of this aspirational idea of making something better, having better sleep, being healthier, um, you know, affecting someone else in the world. Um, so went from Casper and then got kind of an, you know, uh, an email, phone call from someone, um, someone amazing. Um, they were a recruiter and they said, Hey, do you want to check out this company who gives a crap? And I, you know, honestly, you know, didn't know if it was real or not. Um, and it turned out to be very real. So, you know, here I am four and a half years later, um, you know, being in the toilet paper business, which has been a intense, rewarding kind of roller coaster few years, um, for toilet paper. <laughs> um, and, you know, my job is to help create delight in the experience and help customers seamlessly purchase toilet paper that does good for the world. Um, so that's, you know, to create a feel good experience is really my job um, in all aspects. I really want to get into that. Um, Cause we were talking about that a bit before storytelling and brand and, and how you tie that into who gives a crap. But I was wondering, and forgive me that I don't know the answer to this was subscriptions always part of who gives a crap from, I guess when you joined in 2017, was it always there? Or is that something that evolved over time? It was there for sure. Um, and I think, you know, we started with Recharge really early. I think we've, we've been with y'all for 
quite some time. And um, I believe some of the first subscriptions were starting in 2015. That might, it, it, around that area. Um, and the program was just consistently grown. Um, so it was, it was, it existed in 2017 when I joined and over, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of growth in the program, people deciding to, you know, get their toilet paper sent in bulk, you know, kind of a set and forget, um, no, you know, lots of flexibility and, you know, like kind of the idea of like, you kind of have something running in the background, right. Mm -hmm. That is doing better for the world. And, um, kind of comes just when you need it. And then if it's, you know, maybe you're traveling or maybe you have lots of people over, you know, toilet paper use has changed. So we've kind of built a lot of functionality to make the whole experience really flexible. flexible. And I think, um, you know, working with Recharge has been super helpful in doing that. Um, but yeah, we, we've, we, we've, uh, we've, we've been in the subscription game for sure for a little bit now. So before we get into that brand and storytelling, let's walk back to uh, a little known month called March, 2020. Yeah. When uh, toilet paper was top of mind uh, for everyone. Could you walk me through those days? Like, what is it probably like March 12th, things start to uh, change? Yeah, I think potentially I have flashbacks here and there <laughs> to that few days. I mean, yeah, I mean, toilet paper consumption really changed in the whole market really fast um, for a variety of reasons. And I think actually this comes into the idea of uh, kind of where our product sits and how we position ourselves and how people learn about the brand, but really, you know, in a, in a span of a few days, our sales started to double, you know, daily sales, double, triple to the point where we had to kind of reconfigure our entire store to a kind of reserve experience. So kind of what we had to do really quickly was one, work with our logistics team, finance team, uh, production team, growth, creative marketing to create an experience that one was really customer forward. Um, Cause obviously so much is, there's so much stress, right? There's yeah. so much people are worrying about. And, you know, when you're going into the supermarket, you're seeing empty shelves, you're seeing you know, suppliers, all of a sudden now people are no longer going to work. So the entire, you know, yeah. ways the entire supply chain of how people are honestly going to the bathroom, yeah, going to the bathroom in a lot of different places. Um, and that was a real shock um, in the same ways that our supply chain has been shocked in many ways um, over the past few years. But um, the first thing we did was we created a system to reserve stock consistently for folks that were subscribed to us um, so that we never had a sellout for our subscribers. And I think that was super important and something that we're obviously doing to this day. You know, we have a you know, promise that we make to our customers and people who sign up for subscriptions with us that they will, will never run out. And so, you know, one logistical challenge was just never running out. That's a really hard thing um, to do. And, you know, thankfully we have an amazing team um, that worked super hard to make sure that happened, even so that we were like repacking and reconfiguring some of our 48, our, so our, our, our product comes in it's 48 rolls in a box. It's a lot of toilet paper. It, um, and we do have uh, um, versions that are uh, 24 packs and we were reconfiguring our 48 packs into 24 packs um, on our e-commerce side, just to keep selling as you know, making sure that people did have some toilet paper um, on our e-commerce side. We ended up kind of creating this like VIP store where there was a wait list. You came to our site, you entered your email. You then um, we, I think created a wait list of over, half a million people. Um, and then slowly started to, as you know, our, 
our, our product came into our warehouses, we were slowly deploying, essentially selling through the waitlist. And every day we'd invite customers into the store. Um, they'd you know, enter in their email address, they'd check out. And we ran that store for like three months um, until we got through that entire list. So it was um, definitely something <laughs> I don't recommend. <laughs> Uh, it, it wasn't a fun time, and I think it was really important that we really worked hard for our customers. I think it's really important to live your values and make sure that you can consistently deliver on your brand promise. Um, and one of those promises is that it's going to be, you know, toilet paper. You don't have to worry about a toilet paper. It, it, it's, it's an easy experience, even though a lot of things in life could be hard. This is easy. And I think that really came through uh, in that period of time. So let's talk a bit about... Um those, those missions, the, the like soul behind the brand. I'm going to quote you here because I love this quote. We had a pre-call earlier for the listener and you mentioned, how do you build a brand about a complex idea that may not sound complex from the beginning, but also make it super easy to do good in the world? That's, I guess, a little bit of the mission of who gives a crap, but could you talk a little bit about the, the importance of communicating those brand values to your customers? Yeah, or not even communicating to like aligning, right? Aligning yeah. to those, those values. Um, so, you know, we sell toilet paper, right? Like I said, and it, and other products and tissues and paper towels, um, and more to come soon, uh, which is really exciting. Um, but you, it, okay. At the surface, you know, first you have to say, you know, well, how am I buying these products now? Right. Um, most people are, are still going to the grocery store or to their bodega to, um, you know, buying toilet paper online is still not necessarily like a thing that everyone does. I mean, we want people to, um, but just getting to that point of being like, okay, I, I buy this product online. I buy it in bulk. Um, I, I store it in new ways, but, and I use it. Um, it's, it's not made from, you know, other types of products that um, contribute towards deforestation. Um, you know, I'm using a recycled based product or a, you know, from more environmentally friendly materials and that it's not, it's still going to be an amazing quality. Like that's the first part, right? Like being willing to make that shift. Like, like a lot of eco-friendly products or products that, you know, sometimes we make chips that we're just not used to, right? So we have to be open to making a change. Um, and then on top of that, thinking that, you know, this toilet paper um, is not only better for the environment, but has a a donation component and that the, the actions that I'm taking are affecting someone else. And that's kind of a complex idea, right? Like we think about our donate, sometimes I think, you know, we tend to look at our donations that we make like at the end of the year, right? Or maybe traditionally you've seen someone on a sidewalk, uh, you know, saying, hey, sign, you know, maybe you want to sign up to help, um, you know, your local animal shelter. Or um, I think the ways that we thought about um, giving has not always been traditionally tied to commerce. I mean, class, you know, some classic examples might be like Roundup at the mm -hmm. at the point of sale, um, or you know, you have brands like Tom's, uh, you know, you know, one percent like uh, Give Get. These have been really amazing companies that have kind of uh, trailblazed in that space. But now you also have a, a, a company that's giving 50% of their profits away, which again is a lot more and uh, mm -hmm. in, in in, in really a diff whole different kind of model. And something that also we you know, want other brands to copy, right? We want to you know, create a movement around this. And um, I think telling that story is definitely not necessarily like an A to Z or like an A to B story, right? 
you don't <laughs> see one of our ads maybe or see a billboard, you know, we want you to get it really fast, right? But there's a lot to get to the story. So one of my jobs and the, you know, the jobs of our brand teams is to tell a story that connects with the consumer at where they are in their experience. Maybe they're just learning from us from a friend, right? They might say, hey, it's that, to it's that toilet company, paper company with that funky name, right? And it hopefully sparks a conversation. Maybe they saw it in your bathroom. Oh, it's really fun colors. It's really fun design. Um, and then it's like, oh, well, also, you know, it's kind of like this consistent story that, you know, we try to, to tell to our customers. And the way that we try to approach that is one, by really being really accessible, being superhuman, um, like talking kind of like, like a friend would talk to you and um, not, you know, these are topics in terms of, you know, water and sanitation and like the challenges that people have around the world are hard things, right? But they don't, like it does, this doesn't have to be hard, right? You don't have to, you know, there, you should be support. It's great to support nonprofits. It's great to donate. We're giving a different avenue uh, on how to do this and how to incorporate this into your life. Um, and I think that's a, yeah, that's, a, it's kind of a complicated story. So I think we, one, approach it in chunks, right? Mm -hmm. We, we meet someone where there are, where they're at and um, kind of continuously uh, kind of introduce the story over time. You know, we don't, you know, focus on all of our value props at once, right? Uh, on why we are, you know, why we think that we are different, where our white space is, why we are a better toilet paper company than X, Y, and Z brand or better, um, you know, eco-friendly business. Um, but yeah, right, we, we tell in chunks. And I think that we also, you know, use our tone of voice, use humor. All of our channels kind of have a um, unique look and feel, but also, again, tell a story that, um, again, it doesn't have to be hard to do good. And again, that's a complicated story. There's, you know, toilet paper, there's making toilet paper, there's what the toilet paper is made of, there's how those donations then, you know, are, you know, we engage with our nonprofit partners, what they do, because we work with amazing partners. Um, we work with an amazing partner in Kenya called Shafco, um, who has a completely different model than maybe one of our other partners, WaterAid which um, again is another amazing nonprofit partner um, that does, um, you know, builds water and sanitation, sanitation projects around the world. So it's a complicated story, um, but again, a really important one. Not even a complicated story. I remember what you mentioned as well. How do you build, or where was it? How do you take the brand out of the bathroom? Because people aren't traditionally like seeing it or, you know, talking about toilet paper. So just another challenge to, yeah, communicate the brand and get in front of people's faces. I think that one of the keys to getting the brand out of the bathroom is almost getting like making sure that you, that people are so stoked to talk about your product and your experience that they are bringing it out of the bathroom. I mean, there's one thing to like, maybe like, you know, drive a Tesla, right? People see the Tesla. Um, it's not every day that everyone goes into your bathroom um, and sees toilet paper, but I think that there is, you know, a really key emotional and functional need. Like there's a, a, a functional need. I, I guess if you think about like Maslow's hierarchy, really classic psychology, right? Let's there do is it. this, there is like a psychological and safety needs, right? That are being met by having access to, you know, the things you need every day, replenishables, right? Um, it's one of the reasons why, you know, during a pandemic, people really were concerned about and, and buying quickly toilet paper. Um, but at the same time where I think the brand shines is within the space between that 
really functional need, a good product, quality product that is there when you need it with more of this higher part in the Maslow funnel in terms of like almost self, I'm not saying it's like self-actualization or transcendence, but like the idea of we're focusing on not only ourselves, but society, right? Focusing on our community, focusing on other people that mm-hmm. need, uh, and that's kind of where the product sits, right? It's like a, a product that does better for the world. And so I think the easier we make it to tell that story and resonate with what people care about, people care about the environment, people care about others, well-being. Um, and I think really like people are generous. Uh, I truly believe that people are generous. And so I think people can be generous, like when people align their own aspir- like their own aspirations and their own values with your brand, they're going to talk about you. They're going to make sure that they want their communities to be engaging with your product and being part of what you're doing. And so I think that's part of it. It's like, how do you make that story easy to tell and then align your values with your addressable audience? I love that. Yeah. It, I love that aspirational stuff. I love the Maslow's hierarchy. It's all great. Let's talk a little bit about sustainability. We are recording this a little spoilers behind the scenes just at the end of April. So it was just Earth Day. I know that's very close to your hearts that who gives a crap. Could you talk about some of the initiatives you guys went through? Yeah. Well, so yeah, Earth Day is a special day um, for us. I mean, I'd, I'd like to think that like every day is Earth Day. I, <laughs> I feel that too. Yeah. Um, We're all citizens of Earth, guys. We all are on the Earth, <laughs> indeed. Um, and so we, you know, again, like oh, a big part of why we exist is our planet. We love our planet. Um, you know, this Earth Day, we just um, kind of completed a really fun campaign um, called Treesathon, um, kind of harkening back to those old phonathon days of very 80s television and, um, you know, trying to, you know, you know, gather donations and kind of, kind of playing on the ways that you know, really traditional uh, type of um, ways that folks um, kind of engaged with um, nonprofit organizations and raise money. And so, but it was kind of the, the idea of Treesathon was on the idea around trees and the trees that are cut down to make toilet paper, um, which, spoiler alert, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we worked with a um, specialist, um, st- a study with a third party um, called Edge Environmental and just released a report that um, over 1 million trees are cut down to make traditional toilet paper. Um, Assuming over half the world's folks who wipe use traditional toilet paper. So basically if everyone in the world um, used traditional toilet paper, 1.9 million trees would be needed to do that every day. Um, Every day. Every day. Every day. So... It is um, really wild and we think it's super important that folks choose a more environmentally friendly product um, because not only are we donating 50%, but we are helping um, kind of reduce that number of trees coming down. Um, and that's, you know, and, and it's true. And it's, you know, again, like it's one of those things where it's not something we think about every day. So part of the report it came out, it was um, over 50% of people in the U.S. had no idea that their choice in toilet paper was contributing to deforestation, you know? And so it becomes like an awareness thing. And again, like, we don't want people to feel guilty about that, right? We want to make it easy. We want to make it easy to be like, okay, like, cool. Well, done and dusted. Like, we'll just make a, a different um, choice there. So that was part of, you know, our, our we, we found that shocking. Um, 
And so, yeah, we love trees and we want to um, save them, you know, and make sure that they are there for our planet and preserving ecosystems. Some other things that were interesting about that report is that we found that 52% of Americans spend their toilet time um, scrolling on social media, <laughs> which is kind of, uh, you know, we, we do a lot of, we have some third party, not third party, but some first party data on, you know, the number of customers who are folders versus scrunchers. Um, Hilarious. If you know what I mean. (laughs) And um, I think that's proprietary data. So I'm not actually going to share that with you, Scott. It's behind the scenes. It's behind Behind the the vault. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we have some, we have data on it um, for sure. Um, But yeah, I mean, our customers, um, I think are really, this is really important to them and important to us um, on what we can do for, for the, for our environment. So, yeah, I mean, we are really proud of the water and sanitation projects that we help fund with our nonprofit partners. We are also really excited about, um, you know, doing something about these trees being cut down. This is the data I want. I need to know how many people do the classic like waterfall cascade with their toilet paper, or do they switch it around and it, and it like flows underneath when you're well, setting up the toilet paper? There's only one good answer to that, which is over. Thank you. Uh, and I'm sorry that and maybe I'm alienating some of your listeners. No. Um, but, you know, I'm sorry if you're at home and, you know, go into your bathroom and correct that immediately. But yeah, no, I, happily. Think we, we def- I think we've actually asked some folks on social about that, but I'm pretty sure we also said that there is a right way. <laughs> it's, it's important to, you know, take a strong point of view sometimes as a brand. Of course. Listen, <laughs> it's part of your brand values. I hope that that's that's part of it. Something else I saw on your website to get a little more serious again. I mean, you were mentioning it there with that like staggering statistic on every day, the amount of toilet paper used. But even here, seeing it now, recycled toilet paper requires 90% less land per finish sheet to produce. Yep. Just such an obvious choice. Just like you said, letting that awareness grow and, and just making it kind of an obvious and easy fit to transition over. Yeah, it, it- Again, there are a lot of, you know, it's a complicated system, right? Yeah. It's not like always so cut and dry, but there are a lot of benefits um, towards using recycled toilet paper. And again, we don't expect, you know, uh, the information is there on our website, right? Like kind of like what we we're talking about before on the journey, right? We don't expect everyone to become toilet paper buffs, although we <laughs> hope, maybe we hope we, you do. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of, value in making a simple switch um yeah in terms of land usage um in terms of you know the tree the trees and i think that um and then also just like fun uh we're just we're just very fun i think we we really embrace puns we're not afraid of them we um you know we release really fun products like we just you know and kind of telling on the idea of the, the product telling the story itself we have a a limited edition right now of toilet paper, which is we have um, kind of special wrappings on each roll. And we wrap each of the rolls because of the, uh, for sanitary purposes. Um, and we also think they look really beautiful in the home, but we have packaging an addition. awesome. Yeah, yeah we, we awesome. really focus on the packaging experience and unboxing and, you know, our box has lots of fun, you know, little delight moments uh, all over the place. And we have an addition out right now called Where's the Lou? And it's kind of uh, inspired by the where's Waldo, where's Wally, depending on where you're listening, um, kind of idea. And there are, you know, 12 fantastical worlds where, you know, you have to search our wrappers for a hidden loo. And the idea around there being hidden loos and loos that are missing around the world 
um, that this toilet paper is actually helping find. And, and again, so trying to come, going back, communicating a complicated idea in a way you can really get it quickly, but it's also fun. And yeah. so we have kids, you know, we have pictures people, you know, sending in photos of the inside of our boxes are, um, you know, outlined in the characters so that you can color their in, color them in. So, you know, people coloring in the boxes, people finding the loose. And so it's just a really fun time. Um, we launched a coffee product um, that called number two, um, coffee, you know, coffee that makes you help, help you go. Um, and so, you know, we're just trying to get people to make more number twos. Um, so again, like we can get more folks wiping with who gives a crap. <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, we have a lot of fun and we, we try to make it fun, um, not take ourselves too seriously. That's so great to hear. I, I love hearing about all that innovation and, and finding all these opportunities that maybe are overlooked, you know, mm. to carry home the brand message and make it fun, make it a positive experience. As we move to wrap things up, we always ask every guest this, um, what advice would you give to any subscription brand that's maybe just launching or has launched, but is looking to grow and scale up? I think that what's really important is to have a point of view uh, and have a voice um, that aligns with, you know, the customers that you are engaging with, even at the early stage, and then it continue to evolve that, that point of view uh, and grow with your customers. I think that like the idea around having a shared set of values um, and being really true to those values is what's going to, you know, kind of continue to cut through and show why people care about you. And then really also fuel some of that word of mouth that can really grow your brand. Yep. Love that. We, we've seen that here too. If you're not sharing those values, you're just missing a huge opportunity to create a community community or connect with a community that's already existing there. Okay. One more classic question for you. Do you have any physical subscription products outside of Who Gives a Crap that you subscribe to yourself that you're getting on the regular? Uh, yes, actually, I, I am. Um, I actually, both of them are coffee. Love it. Uh, yeah. um, it ties in nicely, just like you so, mentioned. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely love to try different subscription products um, and see what other folks are doing, seeing what other people's membership programs are like. Um, I guess shout out to Wandering Bear. Um, I like their coffee and, um, I think during, you know, I, I've always worked from home, but I think that after a while I was like really getting, uh, tired of making my own coffee. And so I need a little bit of a kind of supplement there. So I think that they've created a cool experience, um, um, and fun brand. And, um, I also, my friend Ross, shout out to Ross, if you're listening, he, uh, he, he sent us coffee too. <laughs> I think it's mostly coffee. Like I guess all the coffee brands will send me your coffee. Um, definitely a, a big coffee drinker. Um, and yeah, I think um, just really open to trying other ones too. I think there's a lot of great brands doing interesting things in subscription and um, yeah, I just love to, love to see it. Well, one of those great brands is Who Gives a Crap. Mike, we've loved chatting with you, you today, hearing about sustainability, all the innovation you guys are doing over there. And we'd just like to wish you and Who Gives a Crap the rest of luck for uh, the rest of the year. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And it's um, what an honor to be here. Appreciate it. <laughs> we want to thank Mike once again for joining us. If you're interested in Who Gives a Crap, you can head over to whogivesacrap.com. And if you want to hear more of our episodes, check us out at rechargepayments.com slash hit subscribe. <laughs>